0: Hello, and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl,
1: and I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein.
0: Rick, I'm coming to you from the White House, day three of the Republican Convention, and I. Uh, before we get into the substance of that, and by the way, we're going to be talking to one of uh, one of the potential future stars uh, uh, introduced at the convention, uh, Daniel Cameron of the state of Kentucky. Attorney General, just 34 years old, African American, uh, had, uh, had a had a a pretty compelling speech at the at the convention uh, yesterday, last night. Uh, but but I, I, before we get to uh, to the substance of it, w- one thing that I, I still can't quite uh, get my uh, my mind around is uh, the use of government symbols and property uh, for this convention, and, and we really, I think. Uh, reached a high water mark or, or maybe we should say a low water mark on, on night 2, where you had the President using his power to pardon, um, pardoning somebody, probably a very worthy uh, pardon, but doing it as, as part of the convention proceedings, doing a naturalization uh, ceremony again, part of the convention proceedings. Uh, These are using the powers of the office, the trappings of the office, the literal property, the government property. uh, And then, of course, uh, the first lady's uh, speech, really interesting speech, uh, uh, quite a contrast to much of what else we heard. But a speech delivered right there before a cheering audience uh, in the Rose Garden.
1: And, and I didn't even mention Mike Pompeo. I didn't even mention Mike Pompeo. Pompeo. in right. Mike, Mike Pompeo in Jerusalem, yeah. And then of course, no social distancing, or little social distancing, and no masks at the, at the First Lady's speech. I, I, think, I, I think, you know, my judgment on this, it's a pretty clear violation of, of the law, particularly the Pompeo thing. Um, it, it's hard to see how the Hatch Act wasn't violated, at least in part, by the events at the White House. Now, the White House defense is that the um, the, the these were official acts, the pardoning and the uh, and the naturalization ceremony that were posted by the White House uh, before the convention, our – Yeah, the convention. like,
0: like – like, yeah, yeah, right. But, but, but right. of
1: course, they were created for the purpose of the convention, even if they were official acts. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a flouting of, of convention, of law, of norms. Um, it is uh, probably illegal – uh, and I hate to say it, John, but it probably won't matter because one thing we've learned about the Hatch Act, and we've talked about the Hatch Act for, for years in politics because it's always that thing you don't want to cross when you, when you are a government official doing political business. One thing we've learned is that it really has no teeth, that if the president doesn't want to enforce it, okay. it doesn't matter. Okay, but, 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 so uh, we're kind of stuck.
0: Okay, but when you say it doesn't matter, does, does that mean this is just a new way of doing business? Does that mean this is so, that, so if Biden gets elected, he's going to be like, you know... Putting on political shows uh, at, at, at the White House. I mean, is that is that really what we're at? I mean, I, Rick, I don't want to I don't want to show my age here too much, but I remember the absolute outrage investigations. Uh, and I think I think it really actually took uh, uh, took a political hit. Was a political hit, uh, or, 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 or or something that cost Bill Clinton politically when when he was accused of using. Uh, the White House for for political purposes. The whole Lincoln bedroom controversy, and and then and then you know uh, Al Gore, his vice president, made a, a few fundraising calls from his office uh, on the White House complex, and it was you know, I mean, nobody went to jail, but it but it certainly uh, was a was a controversy uh, that, that dominated for a for a long period of time, and and there were mea culpas that were. Given you know uh, by, by by the Clinton White House acknowledging you know essentially that, uh, that 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 kind of thing wouldn't happen again. I mean, that, but but that's nothing compared to what we see here. I mean, letting somebody stay at the Lincoln Bedroom. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how about how about throwing a whole convention at the White House?
1: Yeah, and I, I look. I think it's one of those norms that probably Joe Biden looks to restore. It expands the range of what future presidents could potentially do, uh, but but I think look, the president knows the images. He knows the imagery. Um, coronavirus has forced changes to traditional conventions that I think um, you know give him something of a pass in terms of using official property in the, in this way. Um, we're going to see it with the vice president at Fort McHenry, another uh, you know official uh, official. Uh, Backdrop for a convention speech, uh, but look, I, the, the the convention. I think I think a lot of the coverage out of day two was this is a, you know the kinder kinder gentler Donald Trump. He was pardoning criminals. He was welcoming immigrants. Um, he was uh, expanding health care. These are this is a different side of him. I'm not sure that dog hunts. Uh, the president's got a lot of official actions to, to ask, but I think. All in all, Melania Trump, uh, the Trump kids, and, and a lot of people offering testimonials uh, tried to remake a good portion of this president's history at this convention, and I think using the official backdrop is just a piece of it. Interesting.
0: I, mean, we've, I don't we've ever heard her in quite that way. It was a much longer speech than she's ever given. Um, it was, you know, it was a full-throated uh, support of her husband. Not surprisingly. Um, but, uh, but the tone uh, w- was, was quite a bit different. She talked about coronavirus. Uh, she uh, expressed sympathies for the families that have been affected by the virus, uh, who've lost loved ones, something you don't really hear Donald Trump do. Um, and, and, and she also uh, said that she wasn't going to use her speech to attack the other side. She wouldn't want to waste her precious time uh, attacking the other side. <laughs> That's, that, that did not sound particularly Trumpian to me.
1: There was a lot of time that was that was spent uh, attacking the other side, of course, through, through all of this. And, and we, you know, John, I think as 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 the week has progressed, and now we're you know halfway through this convention, we see that there are a lot of themes. It's a scattershot of the Trump presidency itself. I mean, th- there aren't necessarily coherent uh, policy positions. This president is not you know particularly ideological, and so that's why you could have. You know, a speech, you know, uh, go out and and praise him for his compassion, praise him for being welcoming to immigrants. Another speech, go out and just rip the tar off of Joe Biden. Another speech, go out and praise him, as Rand Paul did, for uh, ending foreign wars. Uh, it has been just just uh, the Trump show through and through but also just a lot, of, a lot of mixed and often contradictory messaging. You just can't imagine any of this stuff working for anyone other than Donald Trump. He's the only person that could tie all of these different strains together, uh, complete with the flouting of, uh, of federal regulations and package it as a convention.
0: And last night was a high watermark in terms of the number of Trumps. Uh, I think I counted four uh, who, uh, who spoke at various times. Uh, I thought Eric Trump, who you know is, is basically the, uh, the the Trump son, that has dedicated himself to running the business, so we don't hear as much from him as we do from his brother Donald Jr. Uh, or his sister Ivanka. Um, but uh, I, I I thought I thought his speech was actually you know it, it it's particularly at the end um, he was rather passionate about his uh, you know his tribute to his father on on, on a slightly more personal level and then. Tiffany, who is one we really haven't heard from, she just, you know, she graduated uh, not long ago from Georgetown Law School. Uh, She spoke at the last convention, but it was all, you know, a personal tribute. And her speech was actually quite political, Um, really stepping out as a, you know, full-blown, you know, Trumpian on politics. That, that, That was interesting. She's the one, you know, she's the... You know, obviously, uh, Marla Maple, Maple's daughter, and uh, we we don't we don't see as much from her. She's kind of like, you know, usually usually in the background or, or in some cases forgotten. But she she stepped out and was a was a pretty fiery speech.
1: Oh yeah, the, the, yeah. It was it was a it was a big one and and a hyped one. And, you know, and I, I'm also struck, John, about the the incredible diversity that's been on display throughout this week. Uh, yes, we've, we've seen a real effort by by the by the, the Trump campaign to highlight uh, rising and even established stars that are black, that are Latino, that are Indian American, uh, people that. You know look look more like America than uh, your traditional Republican convention attendees don't necessarily reflect the coalition of the Republican Party in 2020 but it does suggest the future that might look a little bit different
0: right I mean um, I when I saw the uh, the, the diversity on display uh, really in both um, uh, nights the the, uh, the the diversity and turn term- ethnic diversity the diversity uh, you have women, people of color, uh, pretty prominent roles. You know, particularly uh, you know, night one where uh, you know you had uh, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, and then I contrast that to who I see every day when I cover the White House. <laughs> it's quite a contrast. I, I, uh, this is a uh, this is a a very white and very male uh, West Wing um, and cabinet. Um, uh, I mean, almost shockingly so. This is. If uh, if this is a, uh, you know, a a cabinet that looks like America, it looks like, you know, maybe uh, maybe Greenwich, Connecticut, Um, you know, I mean, it's uh, uh, but but but, you know, in terms of who they chose to uh, uh, to to highlight at the convention, uh, a, a much more diverse crowd. I don't know, you know, if it's window dressing, you know, to be to sound cynical or if it's, you know, recognition by the party that. Uh, that their current trajectory is a trajectory towards extinction if they can't find a way to to appeal beyond a, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a white working class.
1: Uh, I, I, think, I, I think the party recognizes that. Maybe even Donald Trump recognizes that at some level. Um, and, um, you know, I think when the convention fades, how they follow up on it will be key. One other thing that strikes me, John, watching this week is, you know, we talked a moment ago about how Joe Biden might do things in his convention. He has conducted himself like most nominees do during the other party's convention, which is to say, he's at the beach. He went for a bike ride yesterday. Um, He had no public events. And in fact, other than the interview that he did with our colleagues, uh, Robin Roberts and David Muir with Jared on Sunday, He's done just about nothing uh, publicly since the convention ended on Thursday night. And the Trump era is one where there's so much happening and there's so much popping and there's so many opportunities or chances to jump in the news. And the Biden and Kamala Harris have not availed themselves of those opportunities. They've decided to be down. They've decided to essentially let uh, Donald Trump own the moment uh, and, um, and, and are, are hoping and trusting that Donald Trump in some ways is his own worst enemy in terms of what he does. And also banking on the... the the necessity for um, or the, the inevitability of Donald Trump to step on his own messaging afterwards, I should say. And, and so there, is that there's a lot mistake? of time left. I don't know. Is that know. a mistake? I, should should, should I, Biden I, be out there? I, I, If I'm advising them, I'm saying you find a way to get in the news cycle. I mean, you pop up and you can hand out sandwiches to, to people that are on the front lines of COVID-19. You can be, make, remind people of what is actually going on in the country because, you know, John, as we've been talking about, this is almost as if Covid nineteen never happened, or maybe more accurately, that Covid nineteen happened. The president was um, showed such strong uh, leadership that um, that it ended, and that we're already on the way to recovery. And that's not how people are living their lives right now. People are, you know, kids are going back to school, but only virtually. Uh, you're still limited in what you can do uh, in, in your interactions. Yes, things are opening up, but uh, there's still a lot of people dying, literally dying every day in this country. And uh, Joe Biden could easily, you know, be turning the messaging toward that.
0: Let's, let's listen to a quick uh, excerpt from Melania's speech on the issue of the pandemic.
1: My husband's administration will not stop fighting until there is an effective treatment or vaccine available to everyone. Donald will not rest until he has done all he can to take care of everyone impacted by this terrible pandemic.
0: So, I mean, there you go. She... she... Uh, uh, addressed it perhaps more forcefully than Donald.
1: Maybe the, one of the few speakers to to address uh, COVID nineteen in the present tense as well, and, and recognizing that this is still something that is is actually happening. Um, John, I, what what about the, the the showmanship aspects of this? Uh, that Has struck you so far? This is a president who knows production values. His background a as a as a, 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 a reality show star. What do we? What do you think about what you've seen in terms of how this is consumed at home?
0: Well, we we talked yesterday about the the setting at the Mellon Auditorium, which is a beautiful building, and and if you have to have a you know if you have to have an empty convention hall, it's probably about as good as you can get. But the podium just just is just just this little podium with a big Trump sign on it, <laughs> and it just doesn't it doesn't seem to have the grandeur that that you would expect with a um, with the convention but, but in terms of the way he has used this wonderful building, the White House, uh so rich in in history and symbolism. And he's really, you know, he's he's used it for all he can in terms of, of, of the staging. It's 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 a it's a tremendous set. And he kinda sees it, I think, a little bit like uh, you know, it's like the, the set of the apprentice, but but it's so much better. And he's He's used different aspects of it, you know. The, um, you know, when he when he came in uh, for the naturalization ceremony, he made a point of of making an entrance. You have those Marine guards, uh, ceremonial guards uh, in, in in dress uniform, opening the doors. There was a little controversy about that, by the way, because uh, active duty military is not supposed to be uh, taking part in political events either. Um, you know, so was this serving the president in an official capacity or a political capacity, who knows? But you, you wouldn't have, uh, you know, Marine honor guard in dress uniform, uh, on the convention stage in Charlotte. (laughs) That would not have been a possibility, but here he's got the grandness of the white house and all its trappings and he's using it for all it's worth. And I'll tell you, if you, if you go out right now and you look like I told you, I'm, I'm at the white house right now, if you uh, on the other side of the wall uh, from where I am, I'm in our little ABC booth here is the uh, is the colonnade and is the uh, newly renovated uh, Rose Garden where uh, the First Lady spoke last night. And just beyond that, you would see this this rather uh, massive uh, set being constructed on the on the South Lawn, a stage uh, for the president's speech. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think that I think he looked at this and he said, Damn it, I'm not gonna get my you know, my convention. I'm not gonna be able to go to Jacksonville. But wow, I'm gonna actually be able to do something maybe better. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be here at the White House. I'm gonna have the Truman balcony behind me. I'm gonna have the the North the South Portico behind me. I'm gonna have the the vastness of that South Lawn filled with people in front of me. Um and and that's what he's doing. And it'll be interesting to see how it looks. I bet it looks I bet it looks damn good. And I also bet that None of his predecessors would have ever dreamed of trying to do something like this, thinking that it would be, uh, you know, condemned as being an entirely inappropriate use of, of, of the people's house.
1: Yeah, I think that all of that is probably the case. It would be uh, a distinctly Trumpian convention through and through.
0: All right, Rick. I just got word here that it looks like Attorney General Cameron is not going to be able to join us. Some technical difficulties. Uh, so. We will try to get him back on tomorrow, or we'll bring you somebody else. But uh, but we've got a packed day I'm here at the White House. We have the uh, the vice president's going to be out at Fort McHenry giving his speech. The president will be out there uh, watching it in person. I'm sure we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna hear from him again. We had a, we had pardons and naturalization ceremonies uh, yesterday. We'll see what we uh, what we get today. Uh, but uh, but it's. Um... <laughs> Convention like any we've ever seen before. But then again, we said exactly the same thing about the Democratic convention. Strange times.
1: Strange times indeed. And, um, and it continues. And um, I, I'll, I'll be watching to see if there's any broad shoulders or big hearts tonight.
0: <laughs> I, I predict the vice president is going to praise and thank the leadership of the president, Donald J. Trump. All right, thank you very much. That is all the time we have for Powerhouse Politics. Susie Lou, Avery Miller, the entire Powerhouse Politics team will be back tomorrow.